tonight on The Goblin's Corner. We're interviewing Ian Tassin, the creator of the Apotheosis RPG. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblins Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight, we're interviewing Ian Tassin of the Apotheosis RPG. That's right. Apotheosis RPG is a dynamic tabletop fantasy role-playing game, which allows for a host of customization options. With multiple character builds, 11 species, 40 weapon options, 80 original spells, and way, way, way much more, it's put together so that every character feels unique and plays unique. Apotheosis also has a character progression and combat system designed for more immersive gaming experience. Ian Tassin is the creator of Apotheosis, and he joins us this evening. Ian, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about Apotheosis. Uh, yeah, it's basically, um, so I've been playing uh, tabletop role-playing games basically uh, my whole life. Um, you know, my dad got into it in first edition D&D, and so... Uh, I've been playing, uh, he kind of brought me up on them. So, um, yes. And, uh, I always kind of had a few ways that I felt that the, uh, industry of tabletop role-playing games was sort of moving in ways where I felt like it was not playing to, uh, all of its strengths in regards to, uh, I always felt that uh, in a lot of the mechanics were kind of almost designed to emulate like video games where you have a lot more constricted things on what you can do. And I uh, kind of wanted to emphasize the greater freedom that, you know, doing it all in your mind can kind of give you while still maintaining a hard enough rule set that it's, you know, a game and not just a, not just improv or something. You sure. Know? So give me a little bit about like the storyline and stuff with apotheosis. Uh, yeah, so it's like of the uh, of making it or of um, the sort of yeah, like a little, little little taste of the world. Yeah, uh, so it's designed to be mostly uh, setting agnostic, so you can kind of put it over anything that you want. I wanted it to be really flexible in that way. Uh, there's a little bit of kind of soft world building that I do in the book um, to kind of give you a starting place, you know. Um, uh, it's similar in that sense to something like, you know, D&D or Pathfinder where, you know, you can kind of, you've got like your forgotten realms or whatever, but you can kind of use it for a lot of different things. Um, uh, and so, uh, yeah. And the, the basics of the, the, the world as it is, is you've essentially got, uh, your 11 species. And a lot of those are, you've got, you know, elves and dwarves and your normal stuff, um, and we've got some sort of more unique uh, things. Uh, a fan favorite is the Neurocyte, which is basically a uh, one of the playable species that's a little parasite that can burrow into the brain of a creature and then control their body. Oh, that's always flavorful. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that people people enjoy that one. Um, there's also uh, the Bijou, which is like a halfling with no hair and transparent skin that's got some innate magical abilities um and uh you know those are another one of our sort of more unique ones and they're like sort a glass of, frog uh, rare within the world uh, at least as its default explanation is there they're... it's not a glass frog matt it's a glass halfling yeah <laughs> yeah I... um, 
There's yeah, a glass half uh, full joke in there that I'm oh, just I, I'm I was, desperately trying to let go of. I, you know, I was gonna make a pun about a, how you can always you can't they can't lie because you can see right through them. Mm-hmm. Fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no poker face at all. Nah. Um. <laughs> so to me this seems very i don't know if you've ever played like gurps or riffs or anything like that but it almost feels to me like the the D pathfinder version of a gurps or riffs in that you've got kind of a swiss army knife of playing whatever you want yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, the central philosophy i had in making it was that i wanted it to be something where you can you can really get kind of to anywhere that you want um and with the with the system so it's not it's it's i wanted to make it you know above all else something that's very flexible so it's the kind of thing that you can learn and then use for whatever you want like a variety of different types um and actually uh, right now what i'm working on is the uh, sci-fi like conversion slash expansion for it that i'm going to make cross compatible with the original the original is all on a all on a fantasy setting Mm -hmm. so um but I want to bring it to the point where you can kind of use it in any random number of things. So cool. Fantastic. So, uh, you have three major differences between apotheosis and other GTRPGs. Tell us a little bit about those. Uh, yeah. So the, the, the biggest thing, um, uh, that I I'd say is probably the, uh, EP system, which is, uh, kind of designed around uh making combat more action mentally like action oriented so it kind of wants to uh let you simulate something more like a fantasy like novel uh where you know generally you've got characters that are doing sort of dynamic actions and using you know their movement and evading attacks more than just you know, absorbing them with their constitution. So it's replacing something that, you know, most systems are going to use something similar to hit points, or they're using something that's going to make you extremely brittle. Um, and it's kind of trying to find a middle ground between those where you've got these, uh, this EP, which basically lets you move and evade in combat and um, use it to, you know, you can do use it for anything from like, oh, well, I'm going to, deflect to this blow to I'm going to uh, jump back or I'm going to, you know, use my armor to uh, catch this, this sword or something. Right. Um, And correct me on the premise of this is it's basically I maneuver away from combat. So I don't take damage because I've used my EP to kind of evade that or block, as you mentioned. And so it's, it kind of goes on the thing. If you, if you move, you don't get hit. Right. If you stand still, you're going to get hit and take damage. Yeah. Unless you have like superior armor. And even that can be used. It's a very interesting mechanic, which I haven't seen anybody else use. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, I, I think it's, as far as I know, it's fairly unique to our, our system. Uh, I haven't seen anyone else use something quite like it. Um, uh, I, there's like some similar things. Like I know Starfinder has like a stamina that you can use above your hit points yep. type thing. But, uh, that which it's somewhat reminiscent of, but it's definitely a very different in its implementation and in it's more the game's more based around it as opposed to that sort of a little buffer that you have. Um, yeah, and 
Uh, yeah, and, and so the idea is if you can't use your EP for some reason, then you're going to be wounded. And being wounded is going to act like it would work in real life. Like it, it acts like a real wound. You get your arm cut off, you're stabbed. Yeah. Bad times. Yeah. And yeah, so basically anytime you're wounded, you make a death save where the DC is the damage you're taking. Um, and then that, if you, if you only save by a little bit, then something bad happens, like you get crippled because you get your arm cut off or something. So that's kind of the idea. What I like about this is, is that because you can get stabbed in the chest and survive or just straight up die. People die from all sorts yeah. of things. Sure. You can get stabbed in the leg and die. There's a lot of veins that run all through your body and they're all kind of important. So this gives a little bit more lethality to combat, which is missing from a lot of the high fantasy systems like Pathfinder and D&D because you can, you're still going strong against the dragon at one hit point and like, dude, you're at death's door. <laughs> you're literally yeah. being held together by duct tape and grit right now and it's... Yeah. <laughs> That's the one tooth you haven't spat out yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and how long did it take you to put together uh, apotheosis it's kind of a hard answer to give exactly because uh before i knew i was going to like make a system you know i'd been working on a lot of these things in like a homebrewing context of like stuff i would use in games that i ran mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that and then uh and then once I actually started writing it, it kind of just all fell together rather quickly. And I, I was able to pull all these different things and then get quickly into, I, I did the, the first edition write up of it within, uh, I want to say like three months and then got into play testing. Um, because I just had, you know, it, it kind of came full formed, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, once I, once I started putting up, you know, concerted effort into really just getting it all. Once I decided it was going to be a system. And of course, there was a lot of revising and playtesting and and all that after that initial draft. But um, yeah, so uh, you know, depending on how you're counting uh, between you know a few years or like a year with the first draft being done to and, and playtesting. So depends on where you start. <laughs> sure. Just uh, out of curiosity, because. I've seen this happen in the past. How many drastic changes did you have to make from the time you wrote it down <laughs> till after it entered combat <laughs> with, you know, alpha and beta testing? Yeah, um, <laughs> definitely a good few. Uh, I don't, I, you know, enough to the point where I can't say it was like this certain number. Oh, sure. Because, you know, and there's also things like, if I look at like the very original draft, there were just like contradictions in the book that, sure. you know, were, you know, sometimes like major contradictions where I was like, I would be writing up one thing and I was thinking that I had written something else to, to work differently. And then you end up with this thing that just doesn't work. And so you have to go through and you're like, okay, well you can make it. There's, there were major revisions in that regard too. So where it's like just fixing uh, contradictions and stuff like that. Uh, one of the more major things is, that went through, I think the most revision was working on, um, how we wanted to deal with like, uh, defense or like uh, armor class, uh, armor class equivalent. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, it's so the idea of the EP is like a little bit similar, 
where you're evading attacks, but then there's also something to be said of how good the attack was in the first place and whether or not it had a chance to hit. Sure. Um, and so, you know, that comes into play and is also mechanically you you want to be rolling to hit. You don't just want to say, well, I'm hitting and you're just going to do math all the time. Um, so, you know, a, a big part of it was, you know, keeping the gameplay of it in mind and like, what is the fun thing to do in, in the rest of the gameplay? And so, uh, we ended up keeping like a defense score armor class equivalent for, for hitting um, and uh, adjusting. And then also uh, having kind of this hybrid system that also uses a little bit of a damage reduction for certain armor types. Um, and that was a big change that uh, we made uh, relatively near the beginning of playtesting. It's a lot to think about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what other games and media did you draw inspiration from to put Apotheosis together? And you mentioned Starfinder and a few and Pathfinder and stuff too. Yeah, the the big you know D and D Pathfinder, Starfinder, um, those are definitely I've been you know looking at a lot of those, uh, especially because of how flexible those systems are, and I think that that flexibility is the thing about them that is great. Like more than. Uh, more than anything else, I think that the thing that like D and D five E has done very well is that it's flexible enough to be relatively easily homebrewed a little bit into whatever setting you want. Mm-hmm. Kind of. So, um, I, and that was something that I wanted to capture and actually play off of a little bit more uh, than they do. So uh, that that was definitely a big inspiration in that regard. Uh, there were also I was looking into a lot of you know other more niche systems obviously you know looking at stuff like savage worlds and um you've got uh hard by the apocalypse uh, other similar because and again those are kind of capturing that flexibility that i was uh looking for and how they handle that um in terms of uh fantasy uh elements uh there was a pretty niche system i was looking at called the last arc um that uh that I pulled from a little bit and, and, and thought, you know, uh, particularly in some of the, the design of the book, actually, like the the layout um, more than mechanics is uh, I, I thought they did a very good job and pulled from them. Um, uh, in terms of other media, though, I also I pulled from a lot because, again, I wanted to capture the flexibility. So uh, one thing I looked to a lot in designing like the magic system uh, or the spells, uh, where where the magic systems made by you know, you know, Brandon Sanderson's books, because I'm a fairly big Brandon Sanderson fan, um, and I think you know having that kind of magic is something that's more fun, where you kind of get to apply more creativity around how you're using your spell to make it do different things. For for those for those who don't know his books, uh, give a little taste of of what he writes. Well, okay, so I'll go with one thing that I kind of directly. Uh, basically directly ripped from the stormlight archive which was their solution for flight because uh uh there's not like a flat fly spell in apotheosis because i always felt that it was uh, strangely limiting because it you know essentially solves all movement issues and it just it gives the dm or gm a lot less ability to create interesting situations and problems for the players because they can just fly over most things um so i you know don't have a flat fly solution um instead i went with something more like uh brandon sanderson 
collected in the Stormlight archives and have uh, this gravitational control where you can change the pull of gravity on yourself. Um, and then you're going to have to, you know, the, it's kind of like this checks and balances thing where, okay, yeah, you can kind of ignore a lot of terrain and you can essentially fly, but you also are going to have to contend with the speed that you're moving and mitigating falling damage, which is a rather serious uh, contender in apotheosis. So consequences so, of action in, in, in a sense. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. So that was, you know, that's kind of one of the spells that's most directly influenced by him. Uh, there was also, I pulled through stuff like uh, uh, Spider-Man um, to, you know, I want something, you know, you always want to do like something like the web slinging and I never felt like there was a good kind of spell for that. So I made a, a conjure sort of rope that adheres to things when you create it. Um, and that kind of can be pretty easily maneuvered into that kind of Spider-Man niche where you could use it for uh, a lot of other things, you know, you're just normal transversal down a, into a pit or, or make a rope bridge or whatever. And You don't, you uh, don't see a conjure rope spell in any game. Think about that. <laughs> They've got web. Yeah. They've got conjure. You can conjure a steed out of nowhere in D and D and all the other games, but you don't just conjure some rope. Can't be Charlie Bronson yeah. with this rope. You know where I'm going with this. <laughs> well, well, the thing well, is, is once upon a time in D&D, there was a spell called Skyhook. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. What was that second? Yeah. And so, you know, it was, but it was kind of like the opposite of this idea. Instead of conjuring the rope to swing on, it was basically a magical force so that your rope Throw. always had a place to attach to. I like the web slinging idea. Oh yeah, I think that's great. Uh, one one is uh, uh, Ian's approach is Spider Man, and the second edition approach was Indiana Jones. Pitfall. Yeah, pitfall. Yeah, <laughs> that's a deep cut, guys. That's why I went with Indiana <laughs> everybody, Jones. Everybody, so that somebody might actually everybody under thirty is looking up. What's pitfall? Let me go Google that. What's a <laughs> Commodore? What's that? <laughs> And I uh, understand you had a Kickstarter out and it was successful. Yes. Yeah. It was, uh, we got like 500% funded, which was just amazing. I really did not see that coming. So. Fantastic. So, uh, did you guys pull out any stretch goals with that or? I actually did stretch goals, uh, pretty much every thousand. So, cause I really was not expecting, um, to get that much support for the game. And so I, I, started with like, okay, I'll do one every thousand after our initial goal. And then it ended up, I ended up having to add a, a lot. So um, that's actually, so yeah, that's uh, part of why I'm working on uh, the expansion so quickly afterward is that was one of the stretch goals that we, we hit was, uh, you know, basically getting that out quickly and getting it to uh, Kickstarter backers. So fantastic. Um, it also added uh, a few of extra species uh, were added into the game um, as part of that. Very uh, nice. Including the, the Trichosa, which is one of our cool ones. As well. It says something about people wanting to play custom characters. I mean, when we see, you know, we watch a lot of streams as well where people are playing some kind of TTRPG, usually D&D, some kind of homebrewed version, and all we see is custom designs, custom characters, yeah, custom combat. Sometimes they play without combat at all. They just do, you know, just for the role-playing aspect. Sometimes it's very crunch-heavy or whatnot, but all of it denotes that people want something to play where they can make it their own. And obviously they see that in your work. 
and seeing people actually start playing the game has really been the my favorite part of the whole process is just uh getting to see people actually enjoying it now so very rewarding <laughs> awesome yeah i can imagine that so speaking of customization <laughs> welcome to the question of the week sir <laughs> if you could bring one ability of your creation into your real world life what ability would you want to bring that's a tough decision isn't it though abilities or, or abilities and spells oh, spells too yeah Spell, just, yeah and i would always say just one of them you don't get everything that leads up to the one you pick though right you get to pick one spell. matt already knows what mine's gonna be <laughs> you know i think i might go with the uh transmute self spell which is one of my favorites. Uh, it's basically like uh, so I, I, the, the like transmutation magic is very um, Full Metal Alchemist esque. Oh, cool! Um, and so, or Avatar, you know, they're kind of similar. So it kind of is supposed to fill both. I prefer uh, both. Transmute self is sort of like the you can morph your body around and uh, do kind of anything you want with that. Um, there's there's some limitations on it in in the the game, but it's you know fairly versatile, and you get to you know kind of transform yourself in uh, whatever way you see fit at the time. So I might go with that. Um, definitely be up there. Breathe underwater. Grow an extra head. Bite somebody's face off with some gnarly fangs. Wolverine claws. You know whatever. Yeah, yeah. A little, little schnicky schnicky snarl snarl. You guys, <laughs> so violent. So, uh, well, yeah. Go ahead, Matt. What do you think mine is? Uh, oh, there's so many options, but fireballs. What I, comes that's to mind. exactly okay. what it is. It's fireball. <laughs> it's either that or someone slod. Sure. It'd be great, man. He'd have. He'd be this tall. He'd have a raspberry on his head, just a giant raspberry that he's wearing. Yeah. yeah. And a mallet. <laughs> it would be. I love slots. All right, what what would yours be? Flame strike? Cure no? disease. Cure disease? Oh yeah. Oh, you're going for the good thing. <laughs> Imagine uh, mine that. cures disease too. Fireball cures disease. That's true. it's it is it sterilizes. That's absolutely true. There's no <laughs> disease left in what was used to be that building. Yeah. yeah it's our, oh, urban renewal be another one. <laughs> yeah. We were talking Shadowrun. Yeah. And uh where can interested people find your work? We have a website, uh, apotheosisrpg.com, um, and there's you know links to guide the PDF through drive-through uh, and all that. We're working on getting the uh, physicals available online as well. Um, there, uh, you can also follow us on social media at uh, apotheosis uh, trpg, and that'll be for you know anything Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Um, yeah, so check us out there. Ian Tessin is the creator of Apotheosis RPG. Check out the site and the Apotheosis game. Ian, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me on. It was uh, great. Did you enjoy this interview? Write to us. Info at GoblinsCorner.com or you can reach me, Eric at GoblinsCorner.com or me, Matt at GoblinsCorner.com. We're on all the things. Matt, what are some things we're on? Well, we're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. As Goblins Corner. And Instagram. As The Goblins Corner. Did you like our show? Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player, YouTube, and Twitch. If you could, do us a favor, click the five stars, give us a review on iTunes, Podchaser, and YouTube. 
boost our show and it feeds the hungry algorithm. We'll cure your disease through fireball, flame strike, or I guess, I guess Matt spell. That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Good night, folks. The Goblin's Corner has been written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. D20 did our music. And this is, in fact, a subterranean production. Your voice is so low. <laughs> Bop, 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 bop